0: This episode brought to you by BRE Promotions. Whether you're just starting out or evolving your brand, BRE Promotions offers you expertly crafted disruptions that'll take you to the next level. BRE Promotions, we make your business shine. Visit us at vrepromotions.com to schedule your free consultation.
1: everybody this is dave scott from spaced out radio you are listening to brian Bowden and the crypto guru ronald murphy right here on inside the goblin universe let's get this thing going
2: hello again goblins and welcome to inside the goblin universe i am ronald murphy the crypto guru I'm and <laughs> go there you go who else is here
0: it's Brian Bowden, sir Brian, um, the uh, sidekick.
2: <laughs> but we've uh, never been sidekicks. We've never been sidekicks. Yes. We've always been, we've always been co-hosts, haven't we? We, yep. we, we? We've been the hosts, and, and so I think that we work as a tandem team like that. It's the better way to do it
0: right i mean since day one we've been in the beginning when i went to help it was just been like nope you're it let's go and we were being you know, <laughs> boom it was there was a it was brothers from different mothers and we've been taking it to the streets since then i mean we really been kicking some you know what um, yeah
2: but you know what it's been a while since we've been on here i mean looking back at the archives which i did earlier today it's been a while since we've been together on the air and i'm not sure well, I guess we are kind of sure why this has <laughs> happened. We've had a lot of projects, haven't we?
0: We've had a lot of big projects, nice projects, good projects, and we want to discuss them. But I don't think it's the right form to discuss them.
2: Well, no, Well, I mean, we, we have a host on or, or our guest on tonight who is one of the premier hosts out there, maybe the best host of Paranormal Radio, uh, a good buddy of mine that I've known now probably for six years, Dave Scott, so we're going to have him on uh, soon, but I do want to say, you know, we will have a show dedicated to the things that we've been up to, but uh, some of the things that I've been up to, you know, it's taken me to the uh, West Coast out to L.A. a couple times, and... Also, I was so pleased that you and I actually got to work together on a project Uh, within the last month. You and I were together here in Western Pennsylvania working on a project for Canadian television.
0: Right. I mean, it was it was so cold. I wish it was the West Coast. But yes, I was in Western PA and that is a a a time warp on its all its own. Um, (laughs) And I understand full full, you know, full fledged why Pennsylvania is just one of the oddest states out there. Um, it's very interesting state, but it was fun. I mean, we've been, you, have been doing some work. I've been doing some work and then together we have been working. We've got some really good and big news coming out and, um, but that's for another day. I think,
2: uh, that's right. Because we have good big news right here waiting in the wings, uh, from Canada, no less, uh, Mr. Dave Scott. And I think we really need to bring him in.
0: I I think so. I mean, he owns the night, so we might, we might as well bring him in. (laughs)
2: He was like, you know what, and that's a good point too. And I, I think what had happened when you know after Art Bell has left us and everything, we have this void. And I think the only way that void can be filled is by a quality show. And that show, in my estimation, and I think that's in your estimation as well too, is Faced Out Radio. It, it, in my opinion, it's 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 the best one on the air. It, it it's.
0: Out of this world, and I, and I don't say that too often. I know it's a little bit of cliche here, but um, I, I've, I've been in the radio game for a while because my parents were in radio. Uh, one of their good friends is Cousin Bruce, they started NYU. Uh, my mother had a show, my father had a show. I've done my own show, but this man studied radio, He's and, and he, he owns it. He, he brings such a great product to the masses, and it's not just from... You know part of Canada. he's hitting everybody globally
2: well so, I mean he celebrated a million downloads recently so we're talking about you know a great number of people that are listening plus his nightly nightly listeners who are some of the most uh, rabid fans out there I think you you know you can say uh, whether you go into the spaced out radio chat room or you know you, you, you can find these guys out there really just hanging on every word that he says and as I've said before one of the most intelligent groups uh, out there his listeners uh, audience so uh so i think without further ado I, I think we should bring in mr dave scott dave my friend how are you doing
1: well after listening to that intro i'm going to tell you my ego has grown about tenfold right now <laughs> you guys are just way too kind way too kind and uh, you know i, I just want to say thank you you guys have been on spaced out radio a lot number of times over the years and you know when i am able to attract professionals like yourselves and numerous others that we have and we're able to call friends it really shows that we're doing something right and the fact that uh, you guys have humbly asked me to participate in your show makes it all the worthwhile because i got to tell you brian and guru You guys are not just guests to me. I consider both of you guys friends of mine personally. And in this field, you guys know as well as I do, friends are hard to come by. But I consider you guys friends. And thank you so much.
2: Uh, Well, I mean, look, whenever I look at my career, if I could just take a a moment here, um, you know, uh, we're looking at about six years ago. I came out with a little book called The Unexplained World of the Chestnut Ridge. And you, uh, Dave, were the first person that had me on your show, the very, very first show that I was ever on. And, uh, you know, you were growing uh, your, your brand, your listenership. And I remember the the care that you took with me, the time that you took with me and after the fact you know I had appeared on um on coast to coast and I appeared on you know some of the big national the big international shows and I will say again and again to anyone that ever asks me that by far the best show that I've ever been on and I ever probably will be on is spaced out radio and and i and I tell you that you know i i um telling you very publicly about this, that without a doubt, um, if you were not part of the equation, I would not be where I am today. If it was not for you and really like like listening to what I had to say and showing interest in what I had to say with that little book back there, you know, six years ago. I you know, I have written thirteen books since that time. And I really say that it's you and it's your listeners who not only supported me, but really wanted to listen to the things that I have to say. So really I and, and whenever I appear at conferences, I let everyone everybody know uh you know quite openly uh about how you have uh really kind of mentored me to be the person i am today oh you're
1: way too kind you are a consummate professional and you know guys we could sit here and compliment each other for the entire hour because (laughs) i think we i think we hold each other in such high esteem but i i'm actually kind of interested you know as i'm as i'm blushing here And thank you for that. Uh, I'm kind of interested to see what you guys come up with because I'm usually the one doing the interviewing, and this time I'm in the hot seat.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. Well, I I think what you know, whenever I uh, interview anybody, I, I always the first question I ask them is how you got started in this field. Uh, This is a fringe type of uh, genre. This is not one of those things where you walk down the street, and it's not like we're talking about sports or anything. We're talking about the paranormal and how this relates to the human experience and the human condition. So, you know, with that always being my penultimate question that I ask anybody that we have on the show, I'm going to ask you, Dave, because I think that your story, and I know a lot of your backstory, I think your story what really brought you into this field will shed a lot of light into who you are today and what you do on a night to night basis with us based on radio.
1: Well, I think for the majority of experiencers out there, none of us wanted this to happen. Mm. If that makes any sense, gentlemen, none of us wanted this to happen. I mean, yes, there are people investigating this, uh, these phenomenons because they have a, a curious interest or something along those lines. For me, I got to go back to July 4th, 2007 at 1047 p.m. when I signed off the air at my radio station and I knew I was never going back into radio at that time. I had gone to college for radio. I had worked my dream job working in sports in Vancouver. And it was a uh, it was a great, great experience for me and a great experience for my life. But I really wanted to know what it was like to have food on the table and gas in my tank at the same time. Because radio does not pay. Does not pay very well at all. <laughs> And so I I started another career in finance and... Put radio behind me, just dropped it. I mean, guys, I was I was very close to, to landing a, a scouting job in the NHL. I was trying to work my way into the hockey scene a little bit more. I was going through an ugly, ugly divorce at that time, and uh, it just was not a pretty time for me. And so I just gave it all up and figured, you know what? I'm hitting the reset button on life, and here we go. Fast forward four years, it was December thirteenth, twenty eleven, at seven forty-five p.m. Approximately, uh, we were holding a Christmas for my daughter a couple weeks early because she it was going with her mother's parents on a Caribbean cruise that would have taken them over, taken her away over Christmas and New Year's. So I figured, you know what, uh, my daughter and I were very close at the time. I figured, you know. Let's have a Christmas with her before everything, you know, I guess what I'm saying is, you know, before she leaves, let's do it all up. Let's have a turkey dinner. We'll bring all the family from my side over. We'll bring a few friends. She can have her Christmas, open up the presents rather than waiting and missing everything. So we made this awesome, awesome night for her. And my parents were over. My sisters were over. My nephews, nieces were over. It was absolutely Just a blast. We had about 22, 25 people in the house. And at 7.45 p.m., my parents announced that they were leaving because, heaven forbid, if they missed 10 minutes of Dancing with the Stars. And so they had to race home so that way they could get comfortable on their recliners and make it happen. So I was in my living room, which connects to my dining room, which you have to go through a doorway to go into the kitchen in order to get to the kitchen and television area where everybody was standing. And I was kind of cleaning up stuff. And I decided that, okay, I'm just going to put everything on the dining room table. I'm going to go give my mom a big hug and kiss and and then uh, walk them to the door. So you got to realize, remember, there was 22, 25 people in my house and As I started to cross the threshold from my dining room to my kitchen, I had my arms wide open and I realized there was no sound. There was a hockey game being played on the television. It was the Vancouver Canucks and the Columbus Blue Jackets. All right. There was no sound of the television. There was no sound of anybody talking. And I'm looking at my mom. I look at my mom's beautiful blue eyes, which are no longer blue. They're black and her pupils are white. And I kind of le- leaned my head to the right because i try trying to figure out what the hell is going on. And I immediately got sick to my stomach and wanted to cry because I, was, I just knew. And you guys know this from people who have had experiences. You just know what you're looking at. And I knew I was looking into the eyes of the angel of death. Now, my mother is a two-time cancer survivor and uh, from colon cancer and breast cancer. She's a strong woman, and previous to this incident happening, my mother used to always complain about the pain, and we as a family got sick of it, absolutely sick of it, okay, because, you know, you'd call up mom on the phone, and it would be, you know, you'd hear her just in her energy, hello, and you'd go, hey, mom, how's it going, And she'd be like, oh, the pain, the pain, I'm so sore. And her voice would change, and you'd think, oh, God, here's the sympathy now, playing the sympathy card. Well, anyways, let's fast forward back to this event. Uh, My mom all of a sudden got this look of shock on her face, kind of like, oh, you see me. She shook her head. Her eyes went blue. The sound went on the television. Everybody started talking again. My mom comes up and hugs me like nothing happened. This whole lasted maybe three seconds, two, three seconds that changed my entire life. At this time, I'm 38 years old, okay? I've got things that I need to worry about. I've got a family to take care of. And then all of a sudden, I'm walking to my bedroom in an absolute panic, Mrs. S.O.R. takes a look at me because she's quite empathic. She walks down to the, be- the hallway to the bedroom with me, and she goes, what's the matter? And I said, I just saw the angel of death in my mother's eyes. And she goes, oh. So I gain my composure, run back to the front door, give my mom another kiss and hug, and shake my dad's hand, give him a hug, and send them on their way. A couple hours later... We go into our living room, and we've got the love seat on one side. Then there's a table in between us, and there's the couch on the other side. I'm sitting on the love seat. Mrs. S.O.R. on the main couch. She goes and lights up candles. She's into all this spiritual nonsense, and she goes, Why don't you just relax and tell me what you saw? Next thing I know, I started channeling the angel of death. I have no idea what channeling is. Okay. In my opinion and definition of channeling up until that point, it was there's nothing on the television, and I'm going to make this remote control burn through my thumb <laughs> trying to find something that is on the tube that catches my attention. So this angel of death speaks through me. And this is what I remember it lasted about 38 minutes. But this is the part I remember. He told me I was not supposed to see him. But because I did, he felt he owed me an explanation. He told me that I wasn't, or pardon me, that my mother was indeed still quite ill. And if we as a family did not start treating my mother with more love and respect, he was going to take her home. He did not say heaven. He did not say hell. He said, I'm going to take her home. And I remember asking, how do we, what do you want me to do? How do we keep her here? He goes, love, respect, call your mother. I'm not a mother's boy. I'm a father's boy. Okay. And he goes, you must also talk to your family and talk to them about this as well. Okay. Wow. Wow. So I did. So I did. I'm proud to say. Almost eight years later, and we're coming up to the anniversary here, that my mother is still alive. She would have never met met my son. Okay? My mother... Okay, just so you guys know, my mother was so weak from chemotherapy and radiation a couple of times. Dude, she had troubles picking up a spoon and a fork to feed herself. In 2013, when my son was born, my mother could hold my son
2: she could carry my
1: son she could pick him up okay so for people you know this was a very religious experience for me guys okay and and moving on from that point on within two days my house became haunted my experiences started going where all of a sudden i'd be sitting there and i'd feel someone behind me and i'd look there's nobody there All right, things just started happening, and that was the start of everything for me. It eventually culminated in 2014 on November 30th of that year of starting Spaced Out Radio.
2: Wow! See, we talk about the rabbit hole, and as you're you're (laughs) saying, you know, telling us the story, you know, I'm I'm sitting here, you know, covered in in goosebumps. Uh, We talk about uh, you know going down the rabbit hole, looking for what's there. But I think what you have suggested, and I think what a lot of people suggest whenever I hear these stories, is that you are actually dragged down the rabbit hole, aren't you? This is something that you did not... Yeah, you didn't pursue this yourself. This was something that was brought on to you.
1: Absolutely. Now, I had an interest in UFOs. You know, I remember sitting around the campfire at 15, 16 years old with your buddy when you're out camping. You know, and I always said, there's three things I want to see when before I die. I want to see a Sasquatch, I want to see a UFO, and I want to see a ghost. I've been fortunate that I've been able to see all three, all right? But you're right about the rabbit hole, because after months of this happening, I was introduced to my guru, my, my uh, mentor, a gentleman named Pascal Lachance, and he is out of British Columbia here, and... Pascal is a monster of a man. He's about six foot four, about three hundred and forty pounds. His hands are probably triple the size of mine, and he is the most gentle giant you could ever meet. And Pascal's job on this on this world is to walk around and heal people and to get them in tune with their own spiritual self. So I remember so clearly, Pascal, we were out for a drive one day, and he's like how far down the rabbit hole do you want to go? His exact words. Nice. And I said nice. and I said let's do it. Let's mm-hmm. do it. A- and you know, I wasn't expecting what I got, but I can tell you this, the experiences I got between 2011 and 2015-2016, it has pretty much left a a giant road map in my mind of directions that I need to follow. And there is no choice anymore. There just is not any choice.
0: Yeah, It's it's very interesting, and welcome to the club, because um, I've always had the inkling that something was going on with with myself, and I was informed by my uh, guy, Al, that I do investigations with, through our psychic, uh, through him, that I had certain abilities and gifts, and I actually opened, I said, I you know, I want to go investigate, I want to go into this rabbit hole, uh, but I don't want to open the Pandora's box, but the you know, no one tells you that once the door is open, there is yeah. no closing the door. And the more you use it, the stronger you become. Um, and yep. it's really it's really hard to, with a lot of naysayers out there, it's hard to express to people how you know a lot of things you know. And you know a lot about it Exactly. Everybody. I mean, you meet people, you hear things, and you're like, "Oh, that guy's—you know—he's lying to you." And you can tell him X, Y, Z. What's what's going to really take place? So it, it kind of gets you unnerved. But if as, as I think it's nice that it happened to you this late in life, because had it happened to you earlier in life, it really could have damaged you.
1: Um, well, you know, it, it, you you hit the nail right on the head, and and for a lot of people who haven't gone down the rabbit hole either, Brian, and I'm sure you'll agree with this. What they don't understand is you don't have a choice of the direction they, whoever they are up there, wherever they're located, take you. I didn't want to go into UFOs. I didn't want to go into aliens. I mean, I saw a fire in the sky. I remember having right. this conversation back in September with, with Travis Walton. And I said, you know, my big thing was I saw fire in the sky. I believed it. It was supposed to be a true story. Okay, which we now know it wasn't. Okay. Not for Travis's sake, but for Hollywood's sake. Right. All right. And and aliens scared me. Aliens were petrified. and I remember Pascal saying to me, "Dave, you don't have a choice. That's the direction they're taking you. That's the direction they want you to go. You might as well just accept it." And then yep. the UFOs yep. Yep. came. The UFOs were everywhere. I would say between 2013 and 2014. I saw close to 140 UFOs.
0: It's amazing, right? I mean, like, you know, and, and I, if I'm correct, you, you, you're you able to uh, predictive of, of where they're going to be. Like, yes. oh, there's going to be one right over your shoulder. You know, and, and, and sometimes, um, I don't know if you're aware of how you do what you do. Um, I can't express how I do uh, what I do. I do a lot of remote viewing, um, and I'm really good at remote viewing, and that's what I call it. Other peoples will call it psychic ability. Other peoples will call it the sixth sense. Whatever you want to call it, I can't tell you. I just you just get that sense. Like, yep, they're here. You just know when they're there, and and when you point it out to people, it freaks people out in general. But um, oh yeah, I, I, I you know I've always like I'm sure Ron is the same, and I've always said the same thing. I started with like in search of and all that other crap that was out there, because um, we didn't have the internet. We we had to actually go to books and read and whatever, and it was few and far in between. Um, and I, at one point I wanted like, oh, it'd be kind of be cool to be on a UFO and you get to travel places. Uh, now, no, I don't think I want to do that. <laughs> um,
1: oh, I see. And know. I'm the opposite. I, I feel ripped off. I feel ripped off. Gentlemen, just a couple of weeks ago, I met a 12 year old girl who has steered the ship.
0: Oh, no way.
1: <laughs> 12, 12 years old.
0: That's cool and here's
1: the free, here's the freaky part if if we can get real scary here for for yes, a quick second, please do. okay. The other day, her mother texts me and says, "My daughter had visitor her visitor friends back again, and they said her visitor friend said, "We know Dave and his buddy Carl."
2: No) <laughs> oh, <laughs>
1: oh my okay. goodness." Okay. Yes. So this young lady, this young lady has no idea who Carl is. And for your audience, I should tell them on April 15, pardon me, April 20th, 2015, I was broadcasting spaced out radio. 17 minutes in, I saw something move out of the window. And when I put my microphone on mute while my guest, Harvey Kraft, was speaking about Buddha. I swiveled my chair to look out the window to make sure it wasn't a friend coming over. And on the other side of my window, about six feet away from me, maybe seven feet away from me, there was an alien gray staring there, standing, staring back at me.
2: Wow. Wow. I remember (laughs) talking to you about this. Yep.
1: So I did what any man would do. I shrieked and I fell back in my chair. And then I quickly got up and jumped up to the window because this thing was gone. I would have seen it running away, guys. I would have seen it running away. That's how quick this was. And this thing was gone. If it was a person, I would have seen them. And since then, I nicknamed him Carl because he just needs a name. Right. He just needs a name. So, yeah. So you know that's just the way it is and yeah. so what so when this little girl who's 12 years old doesn't know a thing about carl tells me that her alien friends are saying to her that they know carl that freaks me out oh that yeah. gives me well, such a rush but it freaks me out. right
0: and, and, and it, it, i appreciate the rush and but i you know here's one of the things that, the reason why I say no, I don't think I really want to go on the ship is because there's, you know, not all species or creatures or entities that come from other dimensions or other planets or universes are, are equal and nice and sweet. And, and not that I want to be nice and sweet, but, you know, or even going to give you a shot or a fairness. Um, there's some pretty nasty uh, extraterrestrials out there. Um, and, oh, sure. and, and those are the ones I don't want to, to, to meet but I do think that because of the connection you have with Carl and this girl apparently has a connection with the same race or, or, or entities I think it almost becomes like that when, when you're aware of what you're doing and who you are and your abilities, it's, it's like having a mentor or guardian angel in an extraterrestrial sense um, and sure. they're there to help you through the the rationalization of what's taking place
2: Um, yeah it makes sense of the irrational that's right that's right yeah i think that's a good way to put it and the more that i've been researching the more people that i've been interviewing um it seems as if and, and i like it to a paranormal wi-fi hotspot that once there's an established link of any kind then everything that we consider supernatural, paranormal, now has a link to that. And it seems like a lot of investigators in this field, or a lot of empaths or mediums in this field, have that kind of openness, you know, where they allow the universe to come to them and to actually kind of speak to them as well, too. I don't want to be as new agey or as melodramatic and say like an awakening, but it does indeed seem to be that there's that kind of mindset going on in the world around us, that there is this kind of like the veil is being lifted and things that were unseen are now being seen more clearly for whatever reason.
1: The other question that that really spawns from it, for me, is why me? And I recently wrote a blog on this, okay, because I have a lot of great scientists who come on Spaced Out Radio, gentlemen, and, you know, I'm a big fan of science, even though I am dumb as anything when it comes to it, and I'm not afraid to admit that, and... But one of the debates I have with a number of my scientific friends that I have had the pleasure of meeting with through Spaced Out Radio is the fact that, you know, everybody wants evidence. Everybody wants proof. But those who have had the experience don't need it they don't need disclosure they don't need exactly. some scientist or 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 priest or anybody to come around and say and say this is what it is we don't need any definitions we know what we saw all right and the fact that the experiencer will never have the scientific Answers, because I love it when I listen to scientists. Well, well, maybe you were you were uh, exposing some trauma because you know your food that you were eating wasn't sitting well with you, or or something along those lines. We hear all of the answers, we do. And no offense to anybody who has that, uh, you don't know. I remember I got into a a verbal or a, a finger josting match with Mark Dantonio, who's a great guy, works for Mufon because he breaks down all the MUFON's uh, tapes, and we had a photograph of a, of this ghost on a stairwell from a ghost tour that I run at the local museum. And Mark was breaking it down, and he's like, nope, that's not real, that's a person. I'm like, Mark, there was nobody there. He goes, yeah, we just can't take your word for that. I said, I said excuse me? I said, that's who the Mark. hell are you to to, to say that? I said, I, he go, he goes, well, we don't have enough proof. I'm like, you have the best photograph that you have ever seen of a ghost. Look at it, in on it. Yeah. I said, I said, I'm not putting my radio show and my credibility on the line for a bunch of BS. I said, that's not very journalistic. And this went on for a while. And I, and I finally, I was getting angry and I'm like, Mark, you're better than that. Don't talk to me that way. You're better than that. And you know we agreed to disagree, which is perfectly logical and perfectly fine. But in the end, we don't need—I I mean, I don't need some scientist to tell me what I've what, what I've seen aliens or what they are perceived to be or UFOs in the sky. I don't need that. And that's not being rude to the scientific people out there because we do need them to work on this. But, you know, like the current debate on UFOs when it comes to, you know, the metamaterials or the technology or the propulsion systems, as an experiencer, on a scale of 1 to 10, it does not even rank with me. Does not even rank with me at all. I do not care. Yep. And that's not being rude to the people who, who, are, who are doing this great work, but I don't need that. I need to know, why was Carl at my window? The first day, 20 minutes after I met a young lady named Samantha Mowat, and she walks me into a forest, why were we staring at a 10 to 12 foot extraterrestrial? What was the lights on the ground that I saw five days before meeting Samantha and seeing that E.T. in the forest? What were those lights that were turning off and on on my command? What about the orb that was hovering over my house for three and a half hours and would not move? What about the ghosts in my house? What about the Sasquatch that I was with two Sasquatch that I was within 100 feet of? Was that all imagination? Because I could tell you the majority of my stories and my experiences that I have had, I have had a witness with me.
0: You know, you know, um, I'm actually friends with Mark D, uh, D'Antonio. He's a, he's a really, really uh, um, articulate, intelligent individual. Yes, um, he is. And and he he does really great presentations. He is so. Yes, I he mean, does. When he puts out a presentation, it's actually funny to watch because it just flies over everybody's head. Um, yes, he's really on the on the cusp. But here's the Brian. problem
1: brilliant guy totally
0: brilliant he's a wonderful guy and he really is a great guy the problem is and I I know people just like that and if there's a scientific side to everything and they're they're too rooted in the you know one plus one is, is two um, it's like the accounting thing. You know, it's one plus one is two. It's no, 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 but it can be two and a half. You know, you, you know, you can't play around with them. Um, and they use the scientific background. And if they're not there to physically see it themselves, then they have to go with whatever they know. So, but, but mm-hmm. that being said, I am one hundred percent with you. I don't care about the propulsion system. I think about those things like how they do that and how they get, you know, what what materials they're using. But in general, it's like when I see when I'm missing two hours of time. When when I have an experience with a craft that's flying directly over our, our, our my car, when there I never had nosebleeds in my life until recently, and people in my family as well, especially when they are making fun of me having nosebleeds, I said they're going to come for you. You know, it doesn't matter what <laughs> anybody else says um, when you have that experience with the Sasquatch, with the dogman sitting 20 yards from you. You know, I don't care what you say; it was right there. It was in front of me. I I mean, I have a picture. I mean, and and I don't need a picture. I mean, I'd love to have a picture, but you you still wouldn't believe it. They'll say, oh, that's Photoshopped. Um, Yeah, it's crazy.
1: There's always an excuse because they don't want to believe it.
2: Right, it's almost like trying to convince somebody of a religious experience. You're not going to be able to um, put God down to an equation. It doesn't work that way, and um, and that is really one of the main problems. Is because we're talking about belief. The people want to believe it, but they want to have some sort of something to back it up. But sometimes there's simply nothing to back up. Miracles happen all the time whenever, you know, professionals, medical professionals can't explain it away. It just happens. But until we, and I think there is a bit of this coming along, like I said earlier. And I, and I said I don't like the word awakening because it sounds too much like an age of Aquarius type of thing. But I think that people are understanding, and even science is understanding, that there are things out there that simply do not make sense and that we simply cannot explain explain why they happen and this is part of that kind of evolution of who we are as human beings this acceptance that there's other things out there that we cannot comprehend that we cannot pin down and i think that we are coming to this realization that there are things out there so when we have these discussions when we have spaced out radio when we have intelligent open dialogue about these things then Things start making a little bit more sense, doesn't it? I mean, that's one of the reasons why I also stay in this business. Because you know, whenever I get to go to conferences, I get to hear all these people, and a lot of times people come to conferences or they call into radio stations because they want to hear—they want somebody to listen to them with a sympathetic ear and say, "I went through the same thing." Can you help me explain what happened to my to to me? you know, And that's really one of the great things about these these talk shows, these forums, these these conferences, and it provides a way mm-hmm. for people to come over and say, "You know what? This did happen to me. Let's talk about it." Mm-hmm.
1: You know, Ron, you hit the nail on the head with everything. But what we've also opened ourselves up to is a world of charlatans. And I have been, and I have been very profound on this. So, uh, gentlemen, I have, uh, I am one of the only, without sounding like I'm bragging, one of the only real journalists covering this field. I have my degree, or pardon me, my diploma from Broadcast Journalism from the British Columbia Institute of Technology. I graduated in 1998. All right, I I spent nearly 10 years in in terrestrial radio as a reporter before I got out. And I'm getting sick and tired of seeing all of these people out there calling themselves journalists, calling themselves uh, investigative journalists when they're, they're not. They have they're no not. training. They, okay, great. They had an arg- article that was published in some uh, half-assed website. Big hmm. deal. That doesn't make you a journalist. I ha- I called one person out. This person has a television show. This person has spoke at uh, numerous conferences by lying about their credentials. And the question that I, and this is the thing that I tell people, whether I'm speaking at conferences or I'm speaking on spaced out radio, because I'm very passionate about it right now. If you have somebody that is lying about their credentials, at no time can you believe their research. You cannot amen. because if they are so willing to lie about their credentials and I've had a number of people come up to me and say, well, you know, this person is a nice guy. He's, he's doing everything uh, that, that other people are doing. He's trying hard, so on and so forth. And you know what? I don't care how nice this person is or anybody is. If they are lying about their credentials, if they are lying about whom they are, Okay, and working for an online paper about UFOs is (laughs) not journalism. Okay? Right. It is not journalism. It is not hanging out and, and doing your writing and and everything along those lines. Okay. It has nothing to do with it. Tell me the beat you worked on. Tell me tell me who you reported for. Which television station? Which radio station? Which newspaper did you work for? What did you cover? Were you on the crime beat? Were you on sports? Were you on covering the news and politics? Tell me. Where did you yep. get your training? Where did you go to school? Now, there are a lot of journalists out there who didn't go to school. They got they lucked out with a position, and they followed through on it. That's not a big deal. Okay, it's not a big deal, but it takes time before you just get printed. But these people who are out there who are literally calling themselves journalists, calling themselves investigators, calling themselves whomever they are scientists. We're now seeing a lot of that. You know, one of the pet peeves I have and the reason why I don't bring a lot of paranormal radio uh, or, or pardon me, a lot of paranormal groups on my radio show is because the minute they start saying the word science. I know their team is full of crap.
2: Absolutely. There is, my not a,
1: there is not a paranormal team out there. Okay. That is conducting science. What you are conducting is opinion. You are conducting opinion. Okay. Tell me your laboratory results. Right. Tell me what you're doing. Right. You can't. And I am so fed up and I'm sure you can hear the passion in my voice here. I am so fed oh, I up. It, you, I can hear it, man. I can hear it. With people who are, who are using the titles, okay, to try and get their name out there, okay, to try and be somebody that they are not. I'm sick of it. It does nothing for this field. It doesn't enhance this field whatsoever. It takes away from the hard work that real investigators, real scientists, real journalists are trying to do, all right? And it's ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous, and we're all dumber for it.
2: What? It is, you know what? And yeah, I want to reiterate this point because this is a conversation that Brian and I had in length, uh, you know, in private, you know, when we had seen each other a few weeks ago. Um, it, that is the problem with this field. We have so many people out there uh, banding about their experts. And one of the things that makes me cringe is you hear a lot of people calling themselves cryptozoologists because it sounds like they went to school for something, but people don't understand anybody in the world can call themselves a cryptozoologist. And the idea
1: Yeah, yeah, sorry, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw one under the bus here. (laughs) Okay? I'm gonna throw one under the bus. Anybody you guys know who the crypto kid is.
2: I do. Absolutely. (laughs) Guess who
1: named him? Guess who named him? He came on my show once. I called him the crypto kid, okay? And now you get this kid trying to tell well-seasoned investigators that they're full of crap, and he's, like, 18 years old. Go back in your diaper. (laughs) Go back in your diaper and learn.
0: Yeah, they they, they made made a movie about him. Uh, I think it was Incredibles 2, I'm a Bad Boy, or or whatever it was. Um. whatever it is.
1: and And, guys, I'm not just trying to... I'm not trying to pick on him or anybody else. What I'm tired of... Is the BS because yes. there are good people out there who are having haunted houses and are having nightmarish experiences happening to them? Okay, and what do they do? They know nothing about the paranormal field. They know nothing about the UFO field. They know nothing about the cryptid field. And what do they do? They quickly hop on Facebook or or they hop on um, on Google and they quickly Google to see who is the closest to them. They don't care. They don't care. They're just like, oh, well, there's a group. There's a person. There's this. They don't know if the person is full of crap, if they're doing it for themselves. If they're not, they have no clue whatsoever. And here these people are stirring things up and causing more issues than what are out there, all because of their own personal ego. This field, in my opinion, will never move forward until these egotistical maniacs lose control their respect and their ability
2: okay. I, was telling a ju- I, was, I was telling
1: sorry i was telling okay. a journalism friend of mine the other day i was talking to him and i said uh about one of these fake journalists i said why do you keep quoting the guy i said there's a few of you that keep quoting this guy i said why are you doing that and i said he goes well you know uh, he goes well what are you trying to get at dave i said he lies <laughs> He lies about his credentials. I said, how, how can you sit there and put a liar in your quote, yet there are people out there who are dying to get their name out there, working their ass off, working as hard as they can to bring respectability and credibility, yet you guys are the ones giving this, these people the time of day. Yep. I said, when yep. does this stop? I said, how do we clean up the field how do we make this more respectable from the inside out, okay, without you guys who have the voice in, in magazines like Vice and Popular Mechanics, all right, who are writing and quoting these people? Yep. yep. And then I brought I up the whole, you lie about your credentials.
2: You can't trust the research. You absolutely yep. can't, right? You, 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 you can't. That's right. And And... and the first time this ever happened to me, and I was very gullible whenever I came into this whole field and to find out exactly what kind of field it is because it becomes a, a business for people. This is their livelihood, and they will do anything that they can to jockey into position to get themselves the Holy Grail, which is their own television show. And I was approached by somebody that had their own television show and said that he would love to work with me. Would I be able to put some things together about working on a book that would lead to a television show? This was very, very, very early on. I probably only had two books out by this time, and I said, you know, absolutely, you know, I I had... I'd seen him on TV, so there was a, a bit of trust there, and what I did was I handed him over about seven chapters, and he took those chapters and made them into his own little YouTube show, which is ongoing right now, and all the material that he's using right now is the material that I gave him. He had done no research. He had no working knowledge of anything that I wrote about, and now he is is running with that, and this is all my ideas, all of my ideas. And uh, it's very, it's humbling in a way to think that there are people out there that will look at you as somebody that they can step on. To go on to something bigger and better. But that's it's a common thing, Dave. I mean, what the things that Brian and I have been through in this field, even working together, yep. uh, it caused a rift in our relationship whenever somebody came and said, I want to work with you and not him. And they promise you all kinds of things. Look, it, I it, it's one of those things where the genuine people in this field are Actually, leaving Andy McGrath, a good friend of Brian and I, yep. you know, a great researcher in his Shame. own. He actually had took so much that he couldn't take it anymore and he kind yep. of withdrew from it. Now he's Absolutely. being lamp-based by some of the big names in right. the field.
0: You know, you know what the problem yeah. we have here is we have all these egos that are out there and everybody wants to try to one-up somebody else. And I also have a problem, Dave, and I'll be brutally honest: with these people that have written books. And are authors. You know, they just sit there. They do a little research from their desk, and they're they're authors. And they write a book, and it becomes a big book. And then they just talk about their book. There are plenty of these people out there, specific people that I don't want to mention, but you know what? They're all full of crap, and and then you absolutely, get, and then you get that, and then you compound it with the uh, Oswald of of the UFO community, which is Tom DeLonge, um, and he's you know they're like, oh, this guy's an idiot. We could just use him to all high heaven, and they create this thing the whatever to the stars academy to the stars or whatever the hell it is and they put all these ex-cia and black ops guys in there who whose livelihood was lying to people and now we're supposed to believe these people you know what um there's the cult of stephen greer which blows me away um and I'll, i'll name him i don't care uh how does a guy that's nobody uh, I mean, and nobody, supposedly nobody, gets to brief somebody at the White House. I mean, that, that, you, know, you know, people just don't think anymore. They just latch on to these cults. Oh, it sounds good. Let's go for it. We need disclosure because we need to say, I told you so. And no, we don't need disclosure. It's been out. It's called it's Close Encounters of the Third Kind." heineck was in it. If you don't have any other disclosure than that, that's all you need. The man was <laughs> in it. He was responsible for Project Blue Book. He knows they're real and there was it right in your face it was one of the best movies ever made and i have a problem with all these people i've been straight up forward truth since the beginning i have a background in architecture engineering and business i've always been interested in this subject and i try to do a scientific thing i want to get as much scientific evidence as i can so i can duplicate and say okay let's try to do this again but the fact of the matter is this field there you can't have the scientific evidence it just doesn't it's not coming out but when you have an experience, you wake up, and you're or you're missing two hours of, uh, of time, or your your cabinets are freaking out. Science goes out the door.
2: It you goes know? out the door. Exactly. It's, it's exactly.
0: Like, holy crap! What just What just happened to us? And when you have, but, thoughts- yeah, but
1: you know, we're we're also pushing scientists away. Okay, I know Dr. Chris Cogswell from the Mad Scientist Podcast, a very good friend of mine, one of the most brilliant people that I have met. I mean, he has people who have zero education in science trying to tell him that everything he is doing is wrong and biased because he does not support the To The Stars Academy. And here he is. You know, everybody in this field is begging, where are the scientists taking this seriously? Where are they hiding why don't they take this subject seriously? We need more scientists to take this seriously. Well, here we go. Chris Cogswell, okay, doctorate in chemical engineering, trying to bring some respectability to this field, and all he does is get crapped on to the point where a week and a half ago, I do this monthly show called Reality Paranormal with Chris, and I got a message a week and a half ago saying, yeah, Dave, I think I'm out. I'm done with the UFO field. It's a bunch of idiots in here. I'm trying to bring some credibility and respectability and some scientific knowledge to this field. This field doesn't want it. I'm out. I'm absolutely out. And I'm like, okay, that's not good. And then he's like, well, maybe I'll take some time. But what people don't understand, guys, is when a scientist like Cogswell puts his name out there, how many scientists are using his name as a sacrificial lamb, there are dozens. Yep. Uh, yeah. we, we forget, we forget, gentlemen, that scientists are geeks, are nerds, and are people who love Star Trek, people who love Star Wars, and and Doctor Who. They're sci-fi fans. And they want to see this technology. That's why they, they go into the science, because they would love to be the person who, who creates these, these these theories, these television theories, and make them real. Right? That's right. what they're working on. That's what, why they're interested. And here we are as a field, we have scientists who want to take this fully, completely serious, but they can't. Because the UFO community are a bunch of morons for the most part, (laughs) and I say that with all due respect because I'm in that field, all right, and we shoot ourselves continually in the foot, okay? It's much like I watched a a gentleman from the BFRO Canada a couple months ago, all right, and he kept calling Sasquatch the Big Hairy Monkey, Big Hairy Monkey, (laughs) Big Hairy Monkey, (laughs) all right? And I'm sitting here, and I'm. Sit- I walked out. I had to walk out. And and yep. uh, here's the thing, Sasquatch people. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to break your hearts. You may call me a jerk or whatever afterwards. Okay, but this is God's honest truth. You do not know what this creature is. Exactly. We do not. We do not know if it's supernatural. We do not know if it's alien. We do not know if it is an animal or a mammal, or a leftover from the gigantopithecus. We do not know. So when you have people out there who are telling you this is an ape, this is a North American great ape, this is whatever, they do not know. Stop accepting opinion as scientific fact. Right. It makes the entire field dumber for what you were doing. Because Mr. Bigfoot Research Organization Canada guy, guess what? You're not a scientist, Okay, you are not an anthropologist. You are a researcher who has had some pretty cool experiences and have found some patterns. But guess what? Your patterns mean nothing because you don't know what this creature is.
2: Uh, That's a great point. And think about this for a second, because Bigfoot's always been near and dear to my heart. Think about how much information has been lost because a researcher who calls himself a scientist might uncover something that doesn't fit his schema, so they throw it out the door. You know, the idea of being able to cloak or to uh, teleport or all right. these other kind of things that come at, Some researchers out there, because it does not fit into what they think that it is, and these are experts they will throw out all that other stuff and they won't even listen to it. How much research do you think has been thrown away and maybe getting a little bit closer to the truth, you know? So whenever I write, you know, I write from my multicultural historical point of view to show you how these things have been perceived throughout history and, and to eliminate the idea of the First Nations beliefs. You know, the First Nations which really had an intimate knowledge of these things and saw them as spiritual conduits between one world and the other we throw all this stuff out the window because it does not fit into their theory of a great ape
1: and, and absolutely and, and here's the other thing guys if we break down science okay let's break down science to the basic common denominator science is the ability to prove or disprove theory yep. correct 100 everything correct. is there everything is theory from your computer, to the air you breathe, to the trees outside, to the stars in the sky, everything is theory. And if you are out there saying that Bigfoot is a an ape, and it's 100% an ape, we're looking for the ape, tell me, where's the bodies? Where's
0: you know, the bodies? You know, on top of that, we, there, there's a specific person I met recently who's who's had, had a little show, I believe, on YouTube or, or maybe even television, and he's an investigator and he is just going batshit crazy because uh no it can't be a, it can't be uh an energy it has to f- you know they, they 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 put themselves in a box it has to fall fall in life sciences it has to come in and be part of the zoological record no it doesn't this is the problem once you limit and once you pinpoint say no it has to fall within the monkey spectrum or something in that's known already then you've already, don't even bother researching it because you've already killed your research. These creatures, whatever they are, and I'm sure we have governments that have them and know what the hell they are, um, these creatures may fall a bit into the zoo form. It may fall into uh, great apes. It may fall into uh, energy. We don't know. And until we actually have one or we have enough interactions with them, we say, you know what, this exhibited X, Y, and Z, it, yes, it looks like a monkey, but it's not a monkey, okay? And I always go to the octopus as the example. This creature can change its form, its color, everything about it, in an instant. And if you came upon this not knowing that it was an octopus, you would think this was a, a god. I mean, look at this. This thing can actually take on the, the bumps. It could put bumps on their, its body and horns. It, it's incredible creature. So... I think Bigfoot is the octopus of uh, on land. It it, it it has this ability and I you know, people kill me all the time. How could you say, you know, it's teleports or whatever? Because I've had an experience where it went from point A to point B, which is a mile and a half away, in in the split second. In the pitch black. There's no way that can happen unless you are able to create something or go into some other dimension where you can
2: right. zip that or- And Dave has had the experience where he saw cloaking going on.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Look, I'm not saying, like, for Bigfoot, I'm not sitting here saying it isn't a monkey or it isn't an animal of some part, okay? But we can't conclusively do that. We have to stop with conclusive answers when there are none. For instance, my experience, I saw cloaking. OK, we were tracked by one yep. and two of the four of us saw the cloaking that looked like pixelation standing from about the ground to about 10 feet up beside a tree. All right. And 30 seconds later from that exact area, we got roared at. Yep. OK. It, yep. There's a and the point out. that I'm getting. Yeah, the point yep. that I'm getting at, gentlemen, is the fact that 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 does not fall into scientific theory. The cloaking, the pixelation, nothing. Yet this was what happened. Right. So when that happens, which falls in line with the First Nations in my area, all right, what happens then, guys, is we have something interesting going on that needs to be looked at. However, when you are refusing, as a member of the BFRO or any other type of, of investigation, when you are refusing to investigate something because you don't personally believe in it, guess what? You're a charlatan. That's right. And, <laughs> and your, your research has zero basis and should not be made public absolutely not be made public because you are refusing anything to do with science science once again as i stated is the approving or disproving of theory right and if you are marking and if you are marking theory Based on your personal opinion, you are not conducting anything scientific, so just go back to what you're doing, stop trying to be public, stop trying to get the television show, stop everything. Think about what you're doing. And we don't yep. have enough people who are critical thinking.
0: You, you know, I do that all the time. I have, like I said, I try to get a science, I, I hit both ends of the spectrum, from the science to the whacked out. Um, and I have more hypothesis and more questions than answers. And I think if you're doing research, that's what's gonna happen. You're gonna get all these, you're gonna say, oh, I've just experienced X. Hmm, this is another question. Can they all do that? or whatever. And and you just you know, it always evolves. Every time you think you got something going, they surprise you yeah. and, they, and and they put you back to square one. What I was going to say before Absolutely. which is very interesting is um, there's a, a a movie out called Finding Jay. It's on uh Prime, it's free. Um, great movie. It's a documentary done by um, I forgot Jay, I'm sorry, your your last name at this point. Um, but it's very well done. Oh, that's,
2: that's Jay, Jay Bacocin.
0: Bacocin, that's what it was. I was yeah. going to say Bachman. But, um, and, you know, it's very well done. It's your typical movie. No one does, you know, everybody's like complaining about it. Oh, this is boring. He has no evidence. He has nothing. Well, there, there are a couple things going on in the movie that I'm going to be talking to Jay about. But there's one scene in the movie where this, while they're doing the filming, you see the branch kind of bend down there's nothing there you can see through it but if you really look at it there's certain points where it distorts it's very it's a split-second type of distortion and I'm telling you, in my head I'm like there's a bigfoot standing right there on that branch and they just don't see it because it has this ability to cloak itself now I I thought at one point infrasound maybe maybe part of that um again I have to go back out to where we have known Bigfoots and try to test some theories there uh, the, this creature is an incredible creature. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a god, if it's from the heavens, if it's from Middle Earth. I don't know where it comes from, but it's not, it's not only just a flesh and blood animal. It can make that flesh and blood uh, transformation. And there may be a little DNA linkage between human beings and apes. We have that, that gap from you know that missing link that we're, everybody talks about and then if you look at some of the research some people have gotten abducted and they have said that yes we've interfered with your evolution uh, dramatically at one point this could be the inter- you know this is the reason why they interfered that they were close with Bigfoot or this type of creature and they said it's not developing fast enough and then they took it to a step level you know step further I think we also have abilities to do things that will blow the minds of people but we're so uh, uh, pre-absorbed with what's on YouTube or what did Tom DeLonge say or you know crap that we can't get ourselves focused enough to get our vibrations to a level where we're seeing things you got your vibration to that level when you saw your mother that night and you had a you had a it sounded like a fantastic day with your daughter you know the the Christmas and the whole thing I think you are, when you're happy, things start happening for you if you ever noticed it. You're changing the way you're, you're, you exude your energy and everything. And when you change your energy, you can see things. That's why a lot of these people out there talk about you need to change your vibrations to get to a higher vibration level. Because then you will experience these great things that are right in front of your face, but you're so blind because you're dumb.
2: <laughs> I think that's it. And then the, the, the last book that I wrote on fairies dealt specifically with the idea of becoming uh, harmonious with the vibrations around us. You know, that, that's, that's the thing. I, I, think, I think, Dave, you know, and again, I, I cannot say enough about you, but I'm glad that our brief hiatus from Inside the Goblin Universe ended with uh, you coming back on, because I think the kind of topics that we're able to bring up tonight we really ran the run the gamut on so many different things. And you know, the, this hour of course flew by, but anytime we're together, Dave, the, the time seems to, to just go by very, very quickly. But I think that we were able to cover enough that intelligent listeners out there can now look at the world of the paranormal from a completely different perspective and I know that I have because I've I've listened to your show and I've been on your show so many times that I think that I am better as as an investigator and as a person because I really like the kind of um, not only your stories, but the theories you put out there. And, and I think that we're all better for that. And I think that Inside the Goblin Universe definitely, uh, and I'm sure Brian, you'll agree with me as well too, is definitely a better show because Dave Scott was on it.
0: I, I, I 100% agree. And and it's enough of the accolades. I'm not blowing smoke. Um, no, absolutely not. No, you, no, no. You know, I wanted to say this to Dave in the beginning, and um, there are people I've become very, very good friends with online that I've never met. It's it's odd for us because we come from a different generation where you actually met your friends and you made friends. <laughs> um, but I I really do consider Dave a good friend, and I I'm honored whenever he's called and and I've I've answered the call numerous times. I I mean to try to fill Butch Wataski's shoes while Butch is recovering was it was it was an honor for me. Um, I hope I did good. But I just consider you one of the best out there. And I love your blog. I read your blog all the time when you post stuff. And what I love about not only that you you own the night and you have these great fans and this great broadcast that's out there really feeding the masses with real truth. Um, I love the fact that you just say it like it is. It's no holds bars. And it's about, you know, it's like bravo. Thank God. I mean, I've done it, but I don't have, a, you know, we have a, a decent forum here with Inside the Goblin Universe and what we've been broadcasting, and people are hearing it globally. But I love when people get up there and say, you know, call those people out and like, you know what? Damn straight. That's great. Congratulations. Bravo. It's about <laughs> time someone served that guy his ass. You know, That's right. so That's right.
1: I appreciate, well, you, all you know, done. guys, it, it, it's not about being a jerk out there. It's not about being anything. You know what, what it is, is it's about two things. Number one. We have, in order to move this field forward, we have to stop thinking about ourselves. We need to start thinking about those who are having the experience those who have been taken by aliens and never come back, those who have had, you know, close encounters with dogmen and maybe fired a gun at it and the thing didn't drop. All right? What about the Bigfoot, people who have been terrorized or or people who are getting terrorized by ghosts and poltergeists? There are real people having real experiences here. And if we continue to go down this field because there are no rule books, there are no organizations that are actually taking control of this, we're, it's a free-for-all. It's paranormal anarchy out there. It really is. And the one thing that I try and do and I try and tell our listeners is sit back and wait. Watch. Because the charlatans always come out of the closet. One way or another, they will always show you whom they are. But us as podcast hosts, as radio hosts, or whomever, we also owe the public a major responsibility to stop quoting stop interviewing stop doing anything to promote anybody who is a charlatan in this field there are too many of them and too many people have been affected by them and it doesn't matter whether it's television shows radio shows or just inviting someone into your home because you have a ghost problem right yep that's where we need to stop and the responsibility is on guys like you on people like me people who have podcasts or maybe write blogs or articles stop think that's all it is it's real simple it's simple thinking guys and we gotta get back to that
2: yep and i think stop and thinking brian if you agree with me i think that is the perfect way to end the program tonight and that's a great thing to listen to to leave our listeners with simply stop and think um, You know, it, it, don't take everything at face value, and just because somebody on is on TV doesn't make them an expert right. by any means. Yeah. You know? And
0: and before yeah. we go, let Dave. Where can everybody catch Spaced Out Radio and catch you if they have questions or if they want to ask you anything or get on get on the show?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. You can follow us. We got a pair of uh, Twitter handles at Spaced Out Radio. That's our official account for the show. My personal one is at Dave Scott SOR. Same as on Instagram, at Dave Scott SOR. Our YouTube channel for our archives is is YouTube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Spaced Out Radio Show on Facebook. Our website is SpacedOutRadio.com. We're together, my friends. We own the night.
2: Love <laughs> it, love it. Love, <laughs> it, love it, love it. Dave, thank you so much, yes. my friend, for coming on to Inside the Goblin Universe with Brian and I. It's been an absolute joy. Uh, you've been a friend of mine for such a long period of time, uh, and, I, and I'm actually going to get a chance to meet you hopefully in May, which which I'm you know I'm giddy like yes. a little schoolgirl over this. Um, but uh, yeah, we will definitely have you on again as we go on with more and more shows. But what a great way to, uh, to 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 break a hiatus with uh, Dave Scott, my friend. Thanks a lot for taking us a little bit further down that rabbit hole with you tonight.
1: Absolutely. And gentlemen, I want to say for anybody listening out there, these two gentlemen are probably two of the best out there when it comes to shooting from the from the straight and narrow you're not going to get bs from these guys this is why they always have an open door on my show spaced out radio not because we're friends it's because they are people who call it down the middle they don't lean to the left they don't lean to the right they call it down the middle and let the evidence take it for what it's worth their opinion means nothing except it means everything because they're open to everything. Gentlemen, keep up the great work. Thank you so much for having me on Inside the Goblin Universe, and I'm so proud that your show is is a good friend of Spaced Out Radio. Thank you.
2: Oh, man, guys, this is awesome. This is awesome. Yep. All right, Brian, I guess we'll sign us off then, and, and I, like I said, the, the hour flew by. This was great. Uh, hopefully, you know, eventually we'll be able to expand, the, expand this to a little bit uh, uh, longer, but for the first hour, hey, you, you couldn't ask for much better than this.
0: You, you couldn't at all, but it is kind of a little late where we are. Uh, unfortunately, I wish we were a Dave Scott Zone. We'd have a couple extra hours. Uh, that's but right. That's We've right. got to go hunt the Sandman.
2: Okay. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but all right. So yeah. So I will. We'll sign out like we always do to all our little goblins out there. Sweet dreams to you. Yes. My name is Ron Murphy. I'm Brian Bowden. And uh, thanks a lot for listening to Inside the Goblin Universe. And we'll talk to you guys very soon.
0: Hey, this is Brian Bowden. I want to extend a deep thanks to Purple Planet. You guys rock. Hey,
1: everyone. I'm Kat Ward, host of Paranormal Heart, your monthly paranormal podcast. Join me the last Sunday of every month as I speak to people who share their paranormal experiences. You can follow me on Podbean, YouTube, TuneIn, iTunes, Spotify,
2: and Paranormal Radio.
1: If you're looking for a beautiful piece of stoneware pottery, check out Nodakian Studios at etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash Studio. And also check her out on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Studios, where you can see updates as well as giveaways when they come available. Go check it out.
2: There are spirits everywhere.
0: Why don't you burp next time? Someone get me Brian Anderson.